This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, March 17th. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is March Madness kickoff in about three minutes. Uh, this is Steve Alexander with the Round Ball Stew, joined by always, joined as always by Roth, Raphael Johnson. Roth, what's happening? How's it going? Are you excited about uh, March Madness? Or are you more excited about St. Patrick's Day? I'm more excited about the basketball. Um, <laughs> you know, the, they had a couple of good first four games uh, over the first two days, but now we're like into the full-on proper bracket. So I'm just looking forward to my bracket just being lit in flames by like Friday morning because I never do well in, in my pools. So, Man, you know a lot about college basketball, though, so I, that's 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 pretty wild. I, I think I that's the problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the people the, – the, the person that won – my bracket pool that I run last year is a college girl that works at a glass blowing shop and mm-hmm. knows absolutely nothing about basketball. <laughs> huh. And she won. So yeah, that's uh, sort of how it goes sometimes. That's the thing. It's funny. Cause especially in Georgia, you know, it's football state. And I'll be like, do you want to, you want to pick some games? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about college basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like really doesn't matter. He just, yeah. you just pick some games and see what happens. But anyway, on to the NBA, Raph. Um, we just almost had some live breaking news on this podcast. It, it broke about 10 minutes before we went on the air. Steph Curry is being re, uh, is out indefinitely after Marcus Smart fell on his lower leg last night. Um, pretty rough-looking play when you see the replays. It kind of wrapped up his ankle and his Achilles and his foot, like his whole lower leg. Um, caught the brunt of Marcus Smart's fall. Steve Kerr was not happy after the play, had some words with Marcus Smart. Ralph, I've looked at that play a couple times. I think uh, Marcus Smart was making a hustle play. He wasn't trying to hurt Curry. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a little reckless diving into his lower extremities like that, but what did you make of that play? I didn't think there was anything malicious to it, but sometimes some guys, your reputation kind of precedes what actually happens like, you know, Marcus smart. He's not a, he's not considered to be a dirty player, but you know, he's physical and he goes after things a hundred percent. So I think sometimes there's the assumption that he may have done something, you know, untoward, I guess you would say, but that, I didn't see it that way at all. Um, you know, now the question with the Warriors is how much time will Curry have to miss? Uh, it's a sprained ligament in his left foot. So, it could have been a lot worse, as you as you noted, you know, given how smart fell into his leg. But see, more opportunity for Jordan Poole. So, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Poole looks like a, a monster now. Um, we may not see Steph Curry again till the till the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think 
a couple things about the the play. It, had it been Patrick Beverly that did that instead of Marcus Smart, I think we'd everybody would be up in arms right now and yeah. outraged about what what went down. Grayson but because it was Marcus Smart and not Patrick Beverly, everybody's like, uh, it was a it was a hustle play. The other thing, like, should Steve Kerr have been talking to Marcus Smart like that? I don't know what they what was said, but I think that Kerr was probably so upset that he finally got his boys healthy. Like the whole team is back together. Draymond's good. Clay's good. Steph's good. Like he's got championship visions in his head. And then he sees some guy just wreck Curry's leg. And it's like, he, he just couldn't handle it. But um, man, I hope, I hope Curry's okay. I hope he's back before the playoffs. But if you're, if you're sitting on him right now on fantasy league, trying to win a championship, um, potentially devastating, yeah. devastating news. So sorry about that. If you fall into that category, Roth, we saw a big game in Brooklyn last night, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Luka had 37, nine and nine, five, three pointers, hit all of his free throws. Um, the end of that game, it just came down to the wire. Luka hit a fadeaway mid range shot, nothing but net. KD comes down on the other end, pulls up from three with dudes in his face, nothing but net. And then Luca hits Spencer Dinwiddie for a game-winning three-pointer. It kind of rattled, went down. Dinwiddie gets revenge on the Nets. Uh, I was excited as a Mavericks fan. They're playing well. And this whole Spencer Dinwiddie for Chris Stapp's Porzingis trade, when it went down, I was like, what are they? what is going on? Like, they don't need another point guard. People in Washington were down on Dinwiddie. Like, it just didn't seem like the trade made sense at the time. But, I mean, Dinwiddie has felt he's he's mixed in great with Dallas. And, uh, I don't know, I just really enjoyed watching the game. What what do you think of Dinwiddie the rest of the way this year? And then where do you, where do you see him next year, Ralph? First off, I think he's in a much better spot because – you, know, you got starting point guard money in D.C. You know, anybody would take that, but I think as we've seen, he's at his best when he's a supplementary playmaker. You can serve in that role in Dallas. You get Luca, and you've got Jalen Brunson as well. Um, I think Dinwiddie's value for next season is going to hinge on what happens with Brunson. Like, he'll be a free agent, and I'm sure he's going to command a good amount of money on the open market given how well he's played. Um, I think Dallas would prefer to keep all three because that was kind of the intention of making this trade to have another playmaker with the ball in his hands. Um, if they don't, then you've got a, a built-in replacement in Dinwiddie where he can kind of slot into that starting role, play off of Luka, do some ball handling himself, and I think he'll be solid. I don't think he'll be like a top 100-type player. He's never been that kind of player in fantasy, but I think he'll be closer in Dallas than he ever would have been had he stayed in Washington. Yeah, to me, like he's not—he's not as ex- exciting as he was when he was a point guard because he's not really going to be a point guard as long as Luca's around. And I don't, but I think he becomes a value pick, like a late round yeah. value guy, like round eleven, something like that, in in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It seems like he's made Dallas a, a better team because they didn't used to be able to finish games, and, and Dallas's defense this year is way. It's underrated. People don't yeah. know how good they are defensively, and that's I think that's why they're a better basketball team. And I tell you what, if they win a bunch of games over the next couple of weeks, Luca, Luca could even slide into some MVP discussion. I mean, I don't think he's going to 
win it over Jokic or Embiid, no matter what he does the rest of the way, but he could at least start seeing his name mentioned. Uh, I would be in support of that. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, 34, 6, 8, 3, 1, a three-pointer. I mean, he was questionable with a sore ankle. If he would have been out, I think we would it would have been Poku time. Mm-hmm. But Shea has scored 30-something points. Like in, I wrote his blurb last night. I think it's 29 points in like 11 of his last 14 games or something. Like He's automatic every time he goes out. It sort of reminds me of Devin Booker. If Shea now Shea has said they're gonna if they try to shut him down, he's gonna fight it. He wants to play <laughs> out the season, he wants to play as long as he can. He was iffy last night and he played, so that's that's a point in the right direction. But I think they go back to back on Sunday and Monday. He might sit one of those games mm-hmm. out. I'm, I'm thinking he will. Rob, my vote for who goes off if he sits out is Pokushevsky, of course. Yeah, I, I think that's the easiest option right there. Um, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, those guys have been way too inconsistent. So even though they may be closer to, to Shea in terms of the position played, Wiggins is on the wing, of course. I don't. I think you have to go with Pokushevsky just because of the defensive and rebounding potential that you can get there. Um, I thought Isaiah Roby could be another person to step forward, and he laid an absolute egg last night. He only played 14 minutes something of that effect. So, yeah, I'm on board with Pokushevsky as well. I still think that Poku's going to have one of those monster crazy lines before the season's over. Um, but he's actually played really well ever mm-hmm. since February 1st. February 1st was when he started getting minutes again. He's actually – he scores in double figures most nights. He gets some rebounds, blocks the steals, and and he, he looks um, – He's, he's very much improved, I would say, over what he did last year. So that's that's promising for his future. Speaking of promising things for the future, Grandpa Goran Dragic somehow came out of <laughs> came out of the, the old folks' home last night. He had 21 points, three boards, four assists, a three-pointer. Suddenly, Roth, I mean, is this guy a must-have fantasy player right now? I think so. Um Unless something changes in New York City, Kyrie Irving will only play in three more games this season. Um, so you take that into effect in the way that Dragic has played, I think he's a must-add right now. Um, it's funny. He's almost in a situation similar to where Patty Mills was to start the season where they weren't expecting to rely on him this much, but he's there. So I think you have to ride that wave for as long as you can. If something changes, you can always drop him if you you know need to put someone else who's going to play a bit more in that playoff in your fantasy playoff run. But for now, Dragic is that guy. RJ Barrett for the Knicks had 31 points, four boards, five assists, two steals, a block, five triples. Big night, shot 10 of 20 from the floor, only had one turnover. Is that is that RJ Barrett's best game ever, Ralph? I wouldn't say ever, but he's been playing pretty well over the last month or so, I would say. Um I think what excited me the most about his line last night, in addition to the turnovers, was the stocks production. You know, two steals and a block. That ha- Those haven't been areas where he's been particularly productive at any point in his career. And I think if he's going to be some sort of fantasy option where you look at him as having actual value instead of just he's starting, so you might as well pick him, that's going to be the key. So I'd love to see him kind of get consistent with that defensive production moving forward. I think the assists will come because of the ball in his hand so much. 
Would you burn a fifth round pick on RJ Barrett next year? Absolutely not. I can't go that high on him um, because of the steals and blocks. Yeah. It just hasn't been there consistently throughout his career this far. I agree. I think, I think based on the way he's playing right now and the way he's going to finish up, I could see people looking at him around yeah. round five or six. I just don't know that that's the right time to jump on him. The Hawks lost Danilo Gallinari. Wednesday's lost the Hornets. John Collins' finger is basically, last time I saw a picture of it, was roughly the size of this baseball. Yeah. Um, it was it, His finger looks crazy. So Collins is out. Gallo is hurt. Um, DeAndre Hunter has played really well for about a month. He had 21 points, four three-pointers. Hunter's a must-have player right now, right? Yeah, he is. You'd like to see defensive production from him, given what he's capable of, but... Yeah, with those guys both down, you have to have him in your team. I think Kevin Hurd is a little bit further down the totem pole, but I could see a case even made made for him as well. The Hawks play three times next week. Um, about half the teams in the league play three times next week, but there's also three teams that play two games next week. So yeah. three games does not look all that bad compared to two games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Embiid, 35.17 boards, five assists, a three-pointer. Is that five blocks or five assists, Ralph? Five assists. He did not have any defensive stats last night. No defensive stats for Joel Embiid, which is weird. Philly dominated Cleveland. Tyrese Maxey kept it going, 25 points, three three three-pointers. Looks great next to James Harden. Uh, Really hasn't lost a step in scoring. Uh, The assists are down a little bit, but still playing well. Tobias Harris hanging in there with 19 and six. How do you feel about the Sixers right now, Ralph? Do you think they're, do you think they're going to win it all? Do you think they're going to win the East? I don't think they're going to win the East. Um, You know, just be, I just like teams like Miami even more. Um, You know, I think Miami is going to be the team that comes out. Milwaukee should definitely be in that conversation as the reigning champs, but yeah, I don't trust Philadelphia just because of what happens once you go beyond those four. Um, Tobias playing better of late. He, he was the one who struggled the most when Harden got into the lineup initially. So him stepping forward is good. But that fifth starter, whether it's Matisse Thibault or Danny Green or whoever it is, they get next to nothing from those guys. You know, George Nyang has been good off the bench. But I think that's my biggest concern with Philadelphia in the playoffs. The rotation shortened, but... I don't know. I, I just have my – I don't think they have enough to, to beat one of those teams in the East, like in Miami or Milwaukee. Hmm. My buddy Peeps, a, a Philadelphia guy, cannot stand Tobias Harris and just wants him <laughs> out of that city as soon as possible. But Harris is a – I mean, Harris is kind of a workhorse, like yeah. quiet, come in, get it done every day. And sure, he misses some layups, and and he struggled a little bit when Harden got there. But, you know, to me, I'm, I'm fine with Tobias Harris. I think he was probably overdrafted yeah. based on stats this year. And it, it, he's going to be a late-round pick next year probably because mm-hmm. of it. But he's okay. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, 26 points, full stat line, three triples. Been a top 30 player in nine cat over the last two weeks. Chris Paul being hurt, I think, helps him a lot. Um but what do you think of, of Mikhail Bridges? Is is this um, is he going to end up being like a like a third or fourth round pick for the rest of his career? 
I think he can be personally, um, because eventually Chris Paul is going to have to retire. You know, who knows who the next point guard in line would be for the, the Suns franchise, but Bridges has shown flashes of this offensive potential. Uh, we know what he can do defensively and some of the other stats, but the scoring's really come on. You know, Paul, no Cam Johnson. They're also without Jay Crowder last night. So that opened up room for, for Bridges and Torrey Craig, but. Yeah, I think Bridges can definitely be a top 30, maybe top 25 player, you know, for much of his career, just because of what he already brings to the table and the room he has to grow even further. And while we're talking about the Suns, shout out to Torrey Craig last night. I don't know if if any of you picked him up and threw him into either a regular lineup or a DFS lineup. His line was incredible. He um, was perfect from the field. He was perfect from the three, and he was perfect from the free throw line. Didn't miss a shot all night. Had three three-pointers, 21 points, 14 rebounds, full stat line. He was starting for Jay Crowder, who was basically resting, I think. And if I was the Suns, I mean, you got to think about starting Craig over Crowder in the playoffs because he just looked really good, and Crowder's just sort of been so-so, I, I feel like, when he's been out there. Uh, I don't know if I can go that far, just because of what Crowder brings to the table in terms of defense and then the intangibles. You know, Craig isn't bad by any stretch, but I think Crowder's still that guy. Carl Anthony Towns backed up his 60-point performance with a 30.8 rebound, one triple, one block game. Anthony Edwards, Roth, who has really been missing in action lately, uh, bounced back finally with 27.6 boards, four assists, six triples. They beat up on the Lakers. Ugh. I love I love it when you talk about the Lakers, Ralph, because you don't you don't laugh about it, you don't smile about it. You're just like they should not be allowed to be on TV ever, anymore. Like, do not do this to us anymore. They're nine and twenty three on the road this season. Think about that, nine and twenty three. Like that that's unfathomable given the players that they have on that roster. Like, obviously, some of them aren't as good as we thought they would be. But th- this is just brutal. Um, Minnesota, I think some of the Lakers, especially Russell Westbrook, weren't too thrilled with the amount of trash talking that was going on. But you have 48 minutes to do something about it. And you did it. So whose fault is that? You know? Yeah. The Lakers are, are bad. And you know what? The Timberwolves are kind of good. Yeah. Like, finally, Timberwolves fans have something to smile about after, like, 25, 20 years of nothing. Yeah. The Wolves were messing with Westbrook last night. That was mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, I didn't really get to see much of it. I saw some stuff on Twitter about it. And it just and who would have thought the Lakers would have – I mean, they're kind of a joke right now, Roth, right? Yeah, but the thing is, they're probably going to luck into a play-in spot anyway just because of how bad the teams immediately behind them are. And I don't think any of them want to be in the play in themselves. And if Anthony Davis is healthy, all these teams that are laughing at the Lakers are not going to want to play the Lakers either. I'm not buying that. I'm not no, buying that You don't that care if AD's there or not? Nope. Look at how much time he's missed. And if they get Phoenix in round one, I think they get one game tops from the Suns because after his comments – they're going to be motivated to just kind of blow the Lakers' doors off and get that thing done with. So, yeah, I don't believe that Anthony Davis is going to make much of a difference with this group. Now, Ralph, let's talk about Lonnie Walker here for a second. He 
he had a um he was on a run and we got fired up and started talking about Lonnie Walker. Oh, you you need to add Lonnie Walker because he's so good. And then as soon as we said add Lonnie Walker, he disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth for like yeah. I don't know how many games it was, but it was like, oh, what have we done? This stinks because I think he had 30 points on March 3rd and then we were all like, that's it. It's time to pick him up because he had gone 22, 22, 23, and 30 mm-hmm. back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. And then March 5th, which is about when everybody got him into their lineup, two for eight, five points, nothing else. Yeah. And then it was 13 points and not, not really anything else. And then it was 11. And so that was a pretty rough stretch. But now we're back to good Lonnie Walker again. He's gone 20, 22, and 20 over his last three scoring-wise. Not a lot of steals and blocks, but he's getting rebounds, some assists. He's a good three-point shooter. He's got 11 three-pointers over his last three games. And last night, one of those three-pointers was the game winner against my Thunder, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I think if you need points and three-pointers, that's when you kind of reach for him. But I look at that Spurs rotation. I think Josh Richardson is a guy that I would target. Only 5% rostered in Yahoo right now. 17 and 7, three assists, a steal, and three three pointers last night. Hey, if you're in the categories league and you need you know, some of those other stats, I think Richardson is a safer bet than Walker at this point. Side note Spurs only play twice next week. So yeah, that's, that's a problem. That is a problem. But you were talking about Josh Richardson. The reason Josh Richardson is suddenly a thing is because Doug McDermott is yeah. not done for the regular season. Mm-hmm. And with that being the case, like I've been rolling Josh Richardson and DFS. I think, you know, Richardson's one of those guys that I don't care what, how deep of a league you're in, he's probably available in it or he was until the last couple of days. So if you're desperate to find um, warm bodies for your roster right now, Richardson I think is a great call. He's only like 5% mm-hmm. rostered, um, but he's going to start. Pop likes him. He's playing well. It's almost like we're seeing the Josh Richardson of old, but that two-game week for the Spurs is rough. So yeah. Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls, 33 points, two boards, five assists, three steals, blocked, five three-pointers, playing through his sore knee, which is good. Donnie Mitchell kind of kind of got the best of him last night. Had nine triples, 37 points. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot to say there, Rob. I, I will say, talking about the Bulls, I'm pleasantly surprised to see Io DeSumo hanging in there, holding down value, even with Alex Caruso back. We don't know what happens if Lonzo comes back, but at least DeSumo still looks like he's uh, he's going to be relevant. Yeah, I'm not even sure how close Lonzo is to returning. It doesn't really sound like he's he's anywhere near. Um, they haven't been doing anything too strenuous with it, with his workouts right now. So, yeah, the seemingly holding value is great. What I would add for that game is that Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell broke Carl Malone's franchise record for points in the third quarter. He scored 25. Um, I think he hit like seven or eight three-pointers in the third quarter alone. It was incredible to watch. And in the fourth quarter, he played the role of a facilitator because the Bulls weren't going to let him do anything else offensively from a scoring standpoint, and he still had an impact. So, yeah. Ah, That's crazy. Uh, The Bulls, three games uh, this week total, which is wrapping up. 
And then next week, four, the week after that, four, and the final week of the season, four games for Chicago. That is all good. The Jazz go four, three, four to finish up the season. Deer and Fox, Sacramento Kings, 21 points, seven assists, three triples, nine turnovers, Roth. He was trying to get the ominous triple-double. It didn't work out. Jammed a finger on his right hand. I think he played through it. He's left-handed. Um so hopefully that won't really stop him. Davion Mitchell had 19 points and three triples. Mitchell kind of fizzled once the Tyrese trade happened. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's becoming more a part of the team again and figuring things out. If Mitchell's sitting out there, do you pick him up uh, just in case Fox is actually hurt? Or do you do you want Davion Mitchell even if Fox is healthy? I think I would go grab Mitchell now just because watching that game, Fox just did not look comfortable once he hurt his hand. Um, he didn't get get a tape job or anything on it, but you could tell he was kind of favoring that hand. That may have had something to do with a couple of the nine turnovers that he had last night. Obviously, he's left-handed, but you do need both hands to play basketball at an effective level. So, <laughs> you know, I think just in case, I would take Mitchell if he's out there and you have someone on your roster that really isn't doing much for you. It can't really hurt to have that, that safe a safeguard and he played 30 minutes last night coming off the bench anyway so i don't think it's that big of a risk for you to pick up davion the only problem kings play two games next week so again you gotta you gotta figure out what you're doing there if you're in a weekly league that really comes into play if you're in a daily league it still comes into play Mm -hmm. because do you want a guy on your roster who's only going to play two games just depends on how deep your league is and what you can get from the waiver wire as to what you should do there as far as holding on or letting go. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. few more things here off and we can take a couple questions and then go watch the rest of this Michigan, Colorado state NCAA basketball mm-hmm. game. Pascal Siakam, another big night. Ryan's got him against me. Ryan is just destroying me after the, his team was given a lot of fuel and motivation from the big 60 point game from Kyrie Irving. They haven't really stopped producing uh Siakam was a guy who got me last night Darius Baisley he picked him up threw him in there he got me Siakam had 31 with three triples he's basically been a fourth round player this this season I think that's 
probably where he was taken in most drafts. I would think that maybe the third round, right? Siakam. Yeah. Uh, where are you gonna where are you gonna target Siakam next year? I'm thinking towards the end of the second. And the reason why I say this is that he got off to a slow start this season. He's coming back from off-season surgery. Um, provided he goes into this off-season healthy, I think he's going to be able to kind of continue to make progress in what he's done this year. So late second, early third, if I have a third-round pick, you know, maybe if you're kind of in that you're in a snake draft, you go late second, early third, and you're right there. You could probably wait a few picks, but that's where I'm targeting him personally. Uh, I'm probably not drafting Pascal Siakam in the first two rounds. I think round three for me, I that's when I'm going to be looking for him. If he's sitting there in round four, I'm definitely taking yeah. him. He probably won't be. But, yeah, I mean, I still feel like there's plenty of upside left in this guy's career. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? I, I, I would personally, from a fantasy standpoint – would like to see somebody else coaching the Raptors <laughs> um, just because I just don't, I don't know. I don't know about Nick nurse just from a fantasy standpoint. If from a reality standpoint, I'm sure he's, he's doing a great job. Uh, all right. Last thing on the list, Terrence Mann, 16 points, nine boards, two triples. Good night is returned to the bench. Luke Kennard just disappeared. Amir Coffey's been starting and playing decent. What in the world happened to both Luke Kennard and Avica Zubac last night? I'm going to chalk this up to the matchup. Um, Toronto plays a lot of guys who are similar in size outside of Fred Van Vliet. And Kennard, they've got the length and athleticism to give him a hard time. Um, you know, combine that with his moving back to the bench, and he wasn't the focal point that he was in Cleveland a couple nights prior, hence his struggles. Um Zubats, I'm not really worried about. Like I said, you know, Toronto's a more mobile rotation. So a guy like him who isn't as quick a foot is probably going to have some trouble. So, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about Zubats or Kennard, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you, you got to remember that I think the Clippers were down 17 points in the third quarter of that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they started to make a comeback, and they just rolled with who was getting it done. And I yeah. think that's, that's probably where Zubats – and Kennard's minutes went as they normally would have come into the game, but things were going well. They were making a comeback. They actually almost pulled it off to win the game. Um, that's where those guys' minutes went. So I'm not, I'm not highly concerned. I am a little bit concerned if I'm sitting on Luke Kennard though, because I feel like he runs, he runs hot and cold and kind of has waves of production and, with the Clippers only playing two games next week and three games in the current week we're in, like maybe he wasn't even, you know, on rosters or messing people up last night. So two games next week for the Clippers too. That is rough. I'm, I personally am not messing with Luke Kennard if I'm still alive in a league. Uh, Roth, let's take a look at some questions. If we can find some, Sniper4113 wants to know, is Dante DiVincenzo a pickup? Do you have any I thoughts? I believe he is. I'm going to say that he is because, like Davion Mitchell, he played 30 minutes off the bench last night, and that was with Justin Holiday back in the starting lineup. Um, Holiday didn't give them much. I think he played 20 minutes uh, in that one. DiVincenzo, he's worked his way into being a consistent member of the rotation. 
So I don't think getting 25 minutes a game is going to be too difficult for him as long as the schedule lines up. So I think for both him and Mitchell, they're worth strong consideration. I think they play again tomorrow night, Friday. So you want to consider them for that. But next week may be a time you kind of let those guys go and sit on the waiver wire just because of the Kings schedule. Yeah, two games next week. So uh, DiVincenzo, I, he, the Kings like him. They've traded yeah. for him like twice now. Um, they like him. The coach loves him. They wanted him there. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's solid, but that two-game two game week kind of throws everything out the window. It's a two-part question from Dave2099. Thoughts on Devontae Graham as a pickup to compensate for the Curry injury. He's available in my league. Ingram is still out. And then right after that, he says Baisley is also sitting out there. The way Baisley is playing right now for me, Ralph, I, I would rather have Baisley than Devontae Graham. Agreed, because in New Orleans, you still you have, still have C.J. McCollum taking up a lot of that usage. So even with Ingram out, I think Graham's ceiling is kind of limited right now. So definitely go with Baisley. Okay, C has three games next week, and then they go finish up 4-4. After that, so I uh, remember, in, uh, I saw a good question earlier. What about this? From Brian, who is always here, even with NCAA tournament going on, Brian is still here. Uh, who benefits with Steph Curry probably sitting the next three weeks? Uh, we mentioned Jordan Poole is going to go off. Ralph, what about John Kuminga? Does he, does he see any boost from Curry being out? I don't think so, personally. I think he would benefit more if, say, Draymond Green were down um, as opposed to Curry. So, I guess if you're an extremely if you're an extremely deep league, then you can kind of roll the dice on that. But I don't know. I don't think about Kuminga as an option in standard leagues just because Curry's out personally. Well, I don't know that Curry being out necessarily boosts Kuminga. I think first of all, I think Kuminga is an option in standard leagues right now because he's He's playing well. He's getting minutes. Even with Draymond Draymond back, Kuminga's still been okay. Um, I think it does possibly give Kuminga some more scoring opportunities that Curry would normally be launching, what, nine or ten threes a game that aren't going to be there. I think that gives Kuminga a few more touches offensively. It could help him a little bit. I think the person that really may benefit the most from Curry's absence is Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. Cause he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time and be playing like more. He's going to be playing a lot of point guard. So I, I think Draymond gets a boost out of that. Jordan Poole, obviously maybe we'll see Chris Chiazza uh, enter the fray at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Ralph, do you have any, any closing thoughts, any, uh, any big upset picks you want to talk about in the NCAA or you just want to say, see ya and get out of here. No, I think the people have waited long enough to be able to get back and fully concentrate on their TV sets. So I just want to say thanks to everyone for coming on and watching the show today. Ralph, thanks for putting it together as usual. Thanks, y'all, for being here and checking us out. Um, I'll be back at noon tomorrow. Jonas, myself, and Master Alp will be here talking up the waiver wire. There's only one NBA game tonight, which means you can – and it, who was it? The Wizards? It's the play? Pistons. I know the Pistons are playing. The Pistons and somebody. One game. I don't They're think. They're playing the Magic. 
Oh goodness, there's no, there is no reason, right? Yeah, like, so we're we're competing for ping pong balls, basically. The Indiana Hoosiers go at seven thirty tonight. That's that's the place to be. They're gonna take out uh, St. Mary's. Saint Mary's yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Roth, have a great weekend. Uh, do the same. Thanks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.